You're listening to Two Therapists in Therapy, a podcast about self-acceptance, self-love, and self-growth. I'm your host, Sarah Brill, a licensed clinical social worker, EMDR trauma therapist, and writer. And I'm your other host, Becca Moravec, licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, and Enneagram enthusiast. I'm a two, Sarah is a four. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Becca. (laughs) Happy March. Happy March. How are we already in March? I know. It's so weird. I made fun of you last month because you were like, January flew by. And I was like, no, January was years long. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. But I'm on track with you now that, well, you you enjoyed the length. The The long January. But how are we already in March? Yeah. It's really crazy. It's like we're almost a in April, we will be a quarter. No. No, March. Wait, March, we're a quarter of the way through. Yep. Holy moly. That's really... <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy. I know. I think maybe I've said this on here. I don't remember, but I mean, it's like this funny thing that we do not as teenagers. When I, You know, as a teenager, I used to make fun of adults who talked about how quick the time goes. Yeah. But then somebody told me, and this makes so much sense. So like for a five-year-old one year is really long because it's a fifth of their life mm-hmm. right so it's like a real that's like so long but for you know if you're 30 then it's a 30th of your life which is a small amount of time that's why it goes by quicker i don't like it <laughs> i, I want it to slow down i know but yeah that makes total sense although i'm ready for spring yes same february in colorado has been so cold so cold so 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 cold like i think two snow days yeah 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 um how are you feeling today miss becca Mm, i'm feeling quiet and i'm feeling um calm quiet and calm and anxious <laughs> calm and anxious at the same time is that possible oh interesting like mostly calm but i have some anxieties in the back of my mind i don't know mm-hmm. so many things at once yeah many things at once um care to elaborate on any of those feelings no pressure yeah i'm feeling calm because things are just calm in life right now mm-hmm. um and quiet cuz just because i've been like really contemplative in like my growth and areas that i still need to work on and when i say still like i don't mean that in like a surprised way cuz we never arrive but just um dealing with some emotions this week and, and going oh there's something to address here and kind of feeling tired of addressing the things mm-hmm. it's such a process it's a practice yeah but it's interesting because i think that uh, we just signed up sarah and i just signed up for our next enneagram training and i was just thinking how good it will be to be so intentional about processing those things again mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's funny i was also reminded when we signed up for our next enneagram training that um, of that experience of growth that we talked about on here, um, yeah. that when we 
get new awareness, it often feels like our world gets completely turned upside down and things feel uh, very disorienting. So I'm I'm really excited about it, but I'm also like, oh, I'm not super looking forward <laughs> to that feeling again. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be cool to see what we learn. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Sarah? How are you feeling? Let's see. How am I feeling? I am also feeling many things at once. I am feeling some dread because I have to do my taxes later today and I have put them off and put them off and put mm-hmm. them off. And today is the day. So uh, I'm not looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'm feeling inspired because last night I watched um, It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, the movie about um, Mr. Rogers. And I had no idea how moving it was going to be. Um, but it just really it hit me. It brought me back to my childhood and reminded me of just how much I absolutely loved that show. And um, but it was really cool to see his mission from an adult perspective and to understand that his whole life's purpose was about helping children and thus adults um, understand how to process their feelings in healthy and honest ways, which Mm. um, to me, given the fact that he started, I think his show in the 70s is just – a really forward thinking sort of movement. Um, just thinking about the clients that I work with, generationally speaking, I was kind of shocked to realize, wow, you know, people were really valuing vulnerability um, a long time ago yeah. in a different, maybe not coining the term vulnerability, but he was really um, creating a safe space for kids to know that they're, that they matter, that their experience matters. And to know how to talk about it. So it was just really beautiful. And uh, so I'm just feeling really inspired by that. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. Did you um, – I've seen the documentary on him, but I'm curious. I think it's called Won't You Be My Neighbor. Um, but I'm curious. Did you stream it? No, we rented it from Redbox, which oh, yeah. you make fun of me for. Oh, <laughs> I only make fun because I'm jealous because I don't have a DVD player. My, oh. my computer doesn't even have, like, a place for a DVD, uh-huh. so I have, like, all these – so I don't make fun. It's just – I think it's endearing. You do? Yeah. I told I told Marcus yesterday when we rented it, I was like, you realize these things will one day soon be a thing of the past. We won't be able to rent a movie anywhere. Uh-huh. But, yeah, we rented it from Redbox. Yeah. Remember that's when Netflix – what Netflix was at first? Yeah. My parents belonged to Netflix and they like mailed them a DVD. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I do remember that. It's crazy. Yeah, I also remember crazy. Blockbuster. But anyway. <laughs> um. So, yeah. What are we talking about today? Well, you had a good lead-in with Mr. Rogers. And I think that's important. Um, yeah. You talked about vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so I think we're talking a little bit about vulnerability and communication today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which which is funny because that's like I think that's like what we do as therapists and like that's like what we maybe teach if we teach something we teach communication and we teach vulnerability and we um, experientially allow space for those things to happen. Um, Yeah, so I think it will be cool to have a more conscious conversation about what that means because I often feel frustrated about communication in the world yeah yeah like you were saying earlier we were kind of like 
brainstorming and just catching up and you were saying it's the problem you have with every movie that you Uh watch is that like the movie plot I'm like if they just communicated there wouldn't be this problem Mm -hmm. yeah it's like why do we make it so hard why do we make it so challenging for us to speak our truths to each other Mm -hmm. why isn't that like the most important thing that we teach in life I really mean that I know you do yeah I appreciate that the thoughts I agree Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think about I think about how couples or families often in the therapy room feel frustrated and say, like, well, we, why can't we have these conversations outside of here? Or sometimes they'll say, why do we have to have a therapist to have this conversation? Right. And I agree. I mean, I, well, the goal is to not to. But I even think about like my own family communication and how much I don't say, but how much. I'd like to or like if I had the chance to do family therapy that I would then get the opportunity to. And like I think it's interesting to explore the why don't we. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you want to explore that? Yeah. I don't know. Um, Are you asking me why don't we? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why does it feel so hard? I guess. Well, I think I think in order to fully. Well, I think especially in relationships where we really love each other, like in family dynamics or in romantic relationships and even with friends, we don't ever want to hurt each other. Yeah. And so I think oftentimes there's this idea that people get really um, attached to, which is if I speak my truth, then I'm going to hurt this person and then either – Um, I will cause this person a lot of pain and I will be responsible for inflicting that pain upon them or the relationship will be forever changed and I don't want to lose that person. And so we go underground and we don't really – we don't show up authentically, um, which ends up being a whole other issue. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's why most of the time we don't communicate is because we don't feel that the relationship is safe enough to withstand it and also that we don't understand that sometimes there's value in in both people feeling pain. And it doesn't mean that the relationship has to end or that um, it, the pain can't be worked through, but sometimes we have to hold space for pain to be able to understand yeah. each other. Yeah. I you just made me think I, I saw this uh, thing about um, like being a culturally uh, responsive therapist and it was it was about boundaries and it was saying that sometimes those boundaries aren't safe in my culture right and so I just wanted to say out loud we're having you and I are having a hypothetical conversation because some some relationships aren't safe enough to hold open communication and vulnerability for sure so, um, I think it's important that we acknowledge we're having a conversation about our dreams of what the world could look like. Yeah. Not a prescriptive – a prescription of, like, go blow up, you know, well, I, things by, I, you know, by by rocking the boat. While I, while I want people to rock the boat, I think that you probably have to do some work in order to get there. Like, to take care of yourself, to know, like, I don't know, to work with a therapist or a friend – Who's going to support you if the boat gets rocked and it leaves you alone or something like that? Yeah. And maybe we should talk about some like how we both are learning and have learned thus far to communicate in our own work because that might be uh, interesting to share. Um, 
but yeah, I had another thought and it just totally vanished. Well, if it comes I hate back, when that happens. Yeah, you tell me. Yeah, I'll totally tell you. Um, yeah. So wait, what were you saying though? Right before, before this, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, we were just asking why, why it feels so hard, you know, because it does feel really hard mm-hmm. to communicate openly and you were answering that it's because we don't want to hurt people often mm-hmm. or the relationship can't ha- we're afraid the relationship can't handle oh it. that reminded me of what i was going to say okay i was going to say that i think in order to have really healthy transparent communication there has to be an implicit sort of egalitarian dynamic yeah, where reciprocity yeah where there isn't a hierarchy power wise good call yeah um which is interesting to think about that in regard to kids and parents yeah because there's a power dynamic there but i still think there can parents can create safety yeah 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 Mm -hmm. what were we gonna say i was just gonna say um i think my mom did a really good job of that um at times and i'm i'm somebody who wants to give like really soft feedback because i'm afraid of hurting people because i can easily be hurt um and so that's a projection of my own I mean, and I also, I mean, the yeah, people don't, I want to be careful, um, but she's let me give, we, her and I can give each other pretty direct feedback and it's been really empowering. And I think I may have talked about that in um, the episode where you interviewed me, but there was a time where I had to work up the courage to, cause I didn't want to hurt her, but I, um, my mom was pretty steeped in diet culture and it really impacted me and I was really self-conscious around her and so finally one day I got to say I need you to never ask me about what I'm eating again and she's really honored that and I just like think about how distant her and I would be if I hadn't been able to speak that truth to her Mm -hmm. how did that impact you in a positive way being able to speak that truth to her I mean it was scary because I was afraid of hurting her I was Mm -hmm. afraid of making her feel bad um, but it impacted me because now it, I basically was like, this is who, who I am and I need you to accept that without question. And so it impacted me in a positive way because it allowed me to continue to be in relationship with her. I bet it brought you a lot closer too. Yeah. Cause if there's somebody in my life, yes, absolutely. It opened up a whole other door. I talked to her all the time about my work with dismantling diet culture and that wouldn't have been safe had I not been able to ask her that. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And I think about people who, like, maybe I can't ask that of. And then my – the if I can't communicate, then the alternative has been just distancing myself. Mm-hmm. So that sucks. It really sucks. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. So I'm just thinking I'm having several ideas yeah. while you're while you're talking and thank you for sharing I that. I like your ideas. Yeah. Um I just think yeah, examples of when we can really speak our truth and be heard and what the aftermath of that is and how much closer it brings us to people and how it opens up new doors mm-hmm. is just it's such a powerful experience. Mm-hmm. And so then that made me think about um what a question. Mm-hmm. What is your definition of vulnerability? Um, my definition of vulnerability is honest, being honest about my thoughts, emotions, feelings, emotions and feelings, 
um, with another person. Um, and, and trusting, I think trusting that they can hold that and that, um, the relationship will either improve or it will be safe. That's my definition of vulnerability. Do you have a process around your vulnerability? Like, do you make sure you understand what you are thinking and feeling before you share it? Or does it, does sometimes, um, it just come out? I think it depends on who I'm with. Right. I think that with my husband, Chad, um, it can just come out mm-hmm. because he can hold it and he's been holding it um, for a long time. And I can do the same when we don't always do it perfectly. But I think that I can be more less thoughtful, which isn't always good, I don't think. So I think my process. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. I mean, I think it depends on the person. So my process is knowing is the relationship safe. Like I can be really vulnerable with Sarah because we have gone through a lot as friends. I know that I can tell her anything and we will figure out a way to be okay. Um, And I trust that she's going to love me. Right. I think that's it. Vulnerability is risky. Super risky. (laughs) It's so risky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that you said that. Risky. Because I've told Sarah things about me or about my life that – Or about us. Or about us. Like our dynamic. Our, our friendship, yeah. But it, that I didn't know what you're going to think. Um, and I think that's the other thing is I maybe preface it, you know, in a relationship is like I'm saying this because I care about you and I want us to be okay or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. What about you? Do you have a process? Yeah, for vulnerability. Yeah. Um, let's see. What is my process around vulnerability? It's funny because I don't think I realized how risky vulnerability was until later on in my life because I have kind of always been, had not had too hard of a time being vulnerable. And earlier on in my life, I think I witnessed the, or experienced the aftermath of too much vulnerability, not knowing that Maybe I didn't take time to think about what I was going to say before I said it mm-hmm. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think I I love that about myself that I am really willing to be vulnerable. But I also think sometimes it's – well, not sometimes. It's important to consider um, is the person that I'm talking to able to hold what I need to share Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the most important thing is to be vulnerable with yourself, which might sound weird, but I think for me taking time to really sit with how I feel and writing it down is often really helpful for me to see it on paper. Like, okay, this is my truth and this is when I'm in my best self. Um, <laughs> so I wouldn't say I do this all the time, but when I am really in, um, super duper, uh, communication mode. I think, um, yeah, taking time to sit down and write down, this is how I feel and who do I need to say this to? And will saying this to them help our relationship grow and will it help them see me better? And will it give me an opportunity to see them better? Um, and sometimes I'll externally process that process that with somebody else. Sometimes I don't write it down, but sometimes I'll talk to someone else that maybe, 
knows the situation and I will say like, I'm feeling this, I'm feeling this. What do you think? Do you think I should talk about it? Um, and I kind of will come to a conclusion of whether or not sharing my truth feels like it would be best for the relationship. Yeah. Um, but, and not in a gossipy way, but in a like, um, processy way, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I do that in therapy with my therapist. Um, I'll talk something through and come up with a way to, um, share it. But yeah, I would certainly say there are other times with Marcus where I'm just feeling something and I just say it. (laughs) And sometimes that, um, lands and sometimes that can be Mm -hmm. a little bit too much. So, um, yeah, it's I would say vulnerability definitely is not like a neat and pretty process. A lot of times it's messy and it's so scary. Yeah. Cuz you don't ever know what's going to happen on the other side. Yeah. I did this really interesting thing with Chad the other day where I was having a pretty intense feeling. I was driving in my car and I was having this intense feeling about something that was going on um in my life. And I thought I want to share this with him. But I I was being intentional, right, about being like, and here's – I'm going to ask him for what I need when I'm sharing it. Like, I want him to know what the purpose of me sharing it because um, it was something that had emotionally heightened me. And he could have also just joined with me in the emotional height, and that's not what I needed. I didn't need a partner in getting riled up. I needed to, to say I was feeling sad and angry and tearful about this thing. But what I want to feel and is this thing. And so I'm I'm reconciling those two. And I'm just wanting you to listen. Mm-hmm. And and so we were at breakfast the next day and I said, Hey, I had this experience in the car and this is what the things I was thinking about. Um and I not that he you can't have an opinion on it, but right now I just need you to listen and and process that with me. And he was like, Okay. And and then then it didn't like cloud my communication, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. I think something what I'm hearing, what you're saying, something that I've been completely obsessed with lately. It's like my new most favorite thing to talk about is this idea that's so simple and it's the hardest thing on the face of the planet, but it is the most simple thing on the face of the planet is that we all are entitled to have feelings and needs. Uh-huh. And it's really important for us to express both our feelings and our needs to people that we are in relationship with and also hold space for other people to have both their feelings and their needs. And the important piece I think you said is to hold space for people, right? So it's this, I I tell people this all the time and I want to apply it to my own life is just because someone has a feeling or a need, that doesn't mean you did something wrong Mm -hmm. because I will often internalize that. Um, and, and it doesn't mean that you can't consider what you did wrong, right? So let's say somebody's annoyed with somebody. And I let's say I say, Sarah, I'm really feeling annoyed with you right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sarah, I don't feel annoyed with Sarah right now. Um, but Sarah's like to hold that with like curiosity and say to tell me more because she's going to work on like not assuming I did something so then she gets defensive, mm-hmm. right? Because then that closes communication. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, you are, tell me more. And mm-hmm. then she could consider, did I do something annoying? Or like, wow, Becca's stuff is like really going up and I didn't do anything, mm-hmm. right? Because that's often the case, especially in couples. Um, they go to um, 
you're having a feeling, therefore I need to get defensive because mm-hmm. you're feeling something. Mm-hmm. Which is probably also what prevents communication. Exactly. Because we don't want to have that process. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it can be so – if we're able to hold space, it can be so fascinating. Like um, I'm just thinking of the example that happened between you and me when we were um, meeting for breakfast the other morning and you said to me so vulnerably um, a couple minutes ago, oh, I thought something was off because – Normally when we see each other, we hug and you like waved at me and you went to the other part of the store uh-huh. and I had no idea that mm-hmm. you thought that. I was just busy in my own head trying to get things because we were running late and um, but it was so cool to be like, oh my gosh, I had no idea that that's what you were thinking or feeling and thank you for telling me mm-hmm. um, because now I understand your worldview better in that moment yeah. and so – I think when we can embrace open communication, it just – it's really exciting to understand the the full worlds of the people that we love. I know. And we're making this sound so simple, too. Yeah, we are. Well, I think so. Okay, We're good. like, we could just I mean, do this. But it's not – so. like, we also understand that it's not that simple. No, it's, it's really it hard. It takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of, like, trust, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it takes and it takes a willingness from both parties, like both in parties. a relationship for both people to say, I'm committed to holding space and hearing you and understanding you and also staying connected to my own feelings, but not exploding or getting defensive. It's a really intense skill set. You yeah. have to really I think mindfulness is a part of it, too. Mm-hmm. I think you have to be really able to observe yourself and understand uh, that we are very complex beings and not just react to every impulse that we have um, yeah. when we're holding space for others. So I think – I wonder if you have to be able to practice mindfulness to be able to hold space. Mm-hmm. Probably. This is this, this is interesting. Is this getting too heady? Am I getting too heady? <laughs> no. Okay. I, I think you're connecting three things. Okay. You're connecting vulnerability – communication and holding space Mm -hmm. and it's i've been thinking about this a lot that holding space is like this buzzword and people Mm -hmm. make fun of maybe millennials for like talking about holding space Mm -hmm. and is a safe space but i don't think it's a i don't think it's like a um fluffy topic i think that's really real those three things interconnect and then add mindfulness i think that's what you're talking about is healthy communication takes vulnerability the ability to hold space and the ability to hold space takes mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not easy. That's why. Yeah. So when we're like sitting here and being like, why don't people do this? Well, we don't live in a very mindful world. Yeah. It's kind of like mind, body, soul gymnastics, mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. I really like that. Image. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like if you, like if you're telling me something that you feel right now, mm-hmm. I have to be really present and listening mm-hmm. fully to you. Mm-hmm. And also I have to have. This feeling of, okay, whatever Becca says, I need to make it safe for her. Mm -hmm. So like sort of like an unconditional love and acceptance of whatever you have to say. But I also have to be willing to be completely loving and accepting of my own bodily response that might come up. Like that feeling of defensiveness or that feeling of fear or the feeling of sadness or being misunderstood, especially if someone's bringing up something that feels Mm -hmm. maybe – like uh, it could be perceived as like an attack or something. Yeah. So um, 
So I have to be willing to just like hold the space for my own feelings, Mm -hmm. hold the space for yours. Yeah. And then I have to be able to also reflect back to you and make sure that you understand that, you know, I heard what you said. Yeah. And then give you sort of a synthesis to make sure that that you understand I know what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that would be if we were doing it perfectly, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's like a lot of things for someone things. to do. And and so what do we do if we're in like relationship or friendship with someone who like doesn't know those skills, doesn't have those skills? I think you can still advocate for it. I think you can too. Right? I love that question. Tell me more. Like I'm just like thinking about, I don't know. Yeah, being in a relationship with someone who, like, maybe isn't going to do that work or doesn't know or hasn't heard that before, mm-hmm. I feel like you still get to advocate for your needs, right? You just said you're obsessed with everybody is entitled to their feelings and their needs, mm-hmm. right? And so part of it would be, like, saying, I'm sharing this with you because I care about our relationship. What I would like from you is for you to listen to me and hear me, right? And And not being concerned with, or like, well, being con- you can be concerned, but that person may do something else with that, right? That person may get defensive. That person may need some time to process what you said or something. But but saying like, is it worth you communicating your needs and emotions to that person so that they can do something with it, and then giving it to them to say you can do whatever you need to with that, and then that will direct how vulnerable I can be with you in the future mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes it's such a growth process because sometimes like, let's say I asked you to, to, all I need from you is for you to listen to me and for you to hear me. But let's say that you've never had anyone in your life do that for you. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that's, that brings up anger for people. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to fucking listen to you. Nobody's ever listened to me. Why yeah. should I listen to you? Yeah. So excuse my French. Um, but it's that's my favorite. Yeah. It's my favorite word. It's fine. <laughs> um, so, so I think, um, yeah, I think learning how to communicate can be a, a long-term journey mm-hmm. because sometimes we have to get out of our own way and figure out what are the things, what are maybe the traumas that have happened in our own life that have blocked us from being able to, to be able to be present for somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I mean, the process of communication, when we go, why don't people do it? It's uncomfortable. And so if you're sitting here and you're going, I don't have anyone in my life who I can do this with, well, you can do it with a therapist always. That's a really great starting point. Um, And I bet you do have a friend who wants that too. Yeah. And what do you think the first step is? I don't know. I'm thinking about like when I started it because I – like often don't tell people how I feel and learning to identify my own needs is like always a process uh, for myself. Um, That's, you know, my, I think everybody, that's the part, that's the two in all of us, but that's especially hard for me as an Enneagram too, is like even admitting that I have any needs. So (laughs) that was my first step. Um, And then my, wait, so what was it? It's identifying that I have needs. Like, identifying that you have needs. Mm-hmm. Like asking myself, what do I uh-huh. What do I need? What do I want? Or even before that, recognizing it's okay for you to have a need. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And then the second part is figuring out what you need and what you want. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
The first time I did this in a really healthy way was with a friend that we were trying to get together. She's one of my best friends. And she's um, luckily super emotionally intelligent and awesome. Shout out. It's you, Chelsea. Um, but but, um she we had this like exchange where we were both mad at each other for good reason and i don't remember now it's i like wasn't very available or i kept saying yes to things that i couldn't do and then she did something i don't know and we both like were like this was really frustrating and instead of getting defensive we both i was able to be like i'm really frustrated about this and she was able to be like i'm really frustrated about this okay that makes sense that makes sense i'm really sorry let's go to the pool now <laughs> right like but I, I remember being like holy moly that was we both have used the word holy moly in this podcast Sorry. i think i got nervous about cussing earlier i forgot that we're okay with cussing and then i was like wait can i say holy shit and then i said holy moly instead which is so dorky i know and then i just repeated it but i was like holy moly that was awesome uh-huh. like i remember being like that was so cool i just told someone they made me mad and they were like yeah that makes sense you also made me mad and i was like yeah that makes sense and then we like moved forward and like i don't know it's really liberating <laughs> it was it's so liberating. so liberating yeah so i think that that i when you're like what is the first step i think part of it is being courageous yeah what do you think the first oh step is? totally i think well i think there's an inevitable moment it doesn't matter if you've been literally been in a relationship with somebody for 10 years or if it's a brand new friendship and it's the first time you're addressing an issue, there is an inevitable moment when you're being vulnerable where it literally feels like you're jumping off of a cliff. Yes. And yep. you're like, I don't know what's what's on the other side of this. I don't know if I'm going to – if my friend or my partner or my family member is going to catch me and be like, it's okay, you're safe, thank you for sharing. Or are we going to dive into not being able to move forward? Yeah. It's It's a very scary moment. So I think that's – just always, always, always a part of it. Yeah. No matter how great at communicating we become, there's just always that feeling of, okay, I'm jumping off the cliff now. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to say? I have two thoughts, but Tell I don't want to interrupt you. Um, well, I want to hear your thoughts. Go. So when you say jumping off the cliff, there's there's two things. Is I want us to think about how we want people to interact with us. Like, I want Mm. to know. Like, I want my friends to be honest with me. So why do I think that I shouldn't be honest with them? Mm -hmm. Or, like, I want to communicate. I want want to be a person that people can communicate with. So, like, let's – like, that feels like a a good place to be, like, if I was Sarah, like, or if Sarah was feeling the way I'm feeling, wouldn't I want her to tell me? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece is we have to stop – when we're like trying to protect people so like if i'm like we're not trusting that people can deal with hard emotions yes like if if sarah tells me that i hurt her and i'm sad or i i'm upset or like whatever her her feeling and need impacts me and makes me deal with a feeling she doesn't need to protect me from that i'm capable of feeling feelings and like yeah and sometimes when we bring up hard feelings for other people that's an important growth moment yeah. Like sometimes it really sucks to see somebody that we love sad because of something that we brought up. But sometimes that can be an opportunity for that person to say, wow, I got really triggered by that. And maybe there's some trauma there. Maybe there's a memory I have or an experience I had that 
gave me a belief about myself and I need to look at that because that's holding me back in a certain way in my life. And I know this person that I love didn't intend for that. And so I want to look at this like big emotional response that's coming up. So yeah, like sometimes even though we can when we communicate and we jump off the cliff and maybe the person on the receiving end of the vulnerability can feel flooded or overwhelmed, it we we can hold space for that too. And we can know that we can navigate our way through that. And that might be a really important growth opportunity for both people to not only grow in their relationship with each other, but also individually. Yeah. Because how do we, I don't, I don't know how to grow without feedback. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's an important part of growth. Yeah. I, it's interesting. I just finished, um, the complete Enneagram by Beatrice Chestnut, which is, you got to read it. It's freaking amazing. And um, she, I love how she talks about the numbers on the Enneagram, so personality types, of being parts of all of us. And so that's the nine in all of us that wants to keep harmony and peace keep. But what ends up happening when you keep harmony and peace keep Peace, 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 peace keep is you you end up maintaining the chaos instead of creating true peace right because so true whoa that's powerful mm-hmm. because true peace happens when we have when we're vulnerable and have converse courageous conversations mm-hmm. and are communicating effectively mm-hmm. so peace can't really happen unless you're being honest mm-hmm. sarah teaches me that all the time <laughs> Well, sometimes I can be a little bit rough around the edges, but I'm glad I'm glad that you feel like I teach you that. You do. Um Yeah, so I don't know. I'm wondering, do we have any like closing thoughts? Yeah, just uh, maybe encouragements. Yeah. I mean, I was just Yes. Thinking. Ooh, I love that. Encouragements. Yeah. I have some. Yeah, say okay. your say your encouragement. Okay, so this has been my new favorite favorite thing, and it sounds a little bit procedural. But I feel like I hear people a lot of times say to me, like, how how do I tell somebody something hard or how do I deal with this, like, really uncomfortable thing that keeps coming up for me? And so I have these steps that I've been practicing myself and that I've also been sharing with other people, which which I'd love to share with with all of you, which are the first thing, so it's kind of like a four-step process. The first thing is to, um, if you're feeling overwhelmed or if you're having a really intense emotion, notice where in your body you're feeling it. And once you've identified where in your body you're feeling it, then you can literally pull up a list of feelings on Google. You can literally type into Google list of feelings and just write down all the feelings that come up for you all the things that you notice in your body. And then the next thing is write down a sentence for each feeling. Like, I feel sad because I didn't get to say bye to my husband this morning before he left for work. I feel mad because I had a weird um, interaction with a friend today. I feel lonely because I miss my family. Those are just examples of sentences. Um, and then after you're done with that, then ask yourself, what do I need? And this is the hardest step, as Becca mentioned earlier. I think it's universally the hardest step. Yeah. 
Um, and sometimes it can be something really obscure. Like I need, <laughs> there's this Facebook video that, um, somebody sent me recently of this little girl. Um, she's having a meltdown and she doesn't know why she's crying. And her dad's like, do you need a, do you need a snack? Do you need to listen to some music? And she's like, yeah, I need a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> and like, then it cuts to her eating peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And she's like, so happy. So sometimes our need is just like, it's literally that Biological. it's like mm-hmm. being a little kid. The little kid inside of us is having a temper tantrum and we need a nap and a snack. Like mm-hmm. sometimes that's what it is. And then sometimes it's like I need reassurance. I need a hug. I need to sit down and have a conversation about a really hard thing. Like beautiful. Yeah. So that's my encouragement is to do those four steps and um, challenge yourself to do it at least once. If I'm going to do it. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Okay, cool. Um, what's your encouragement? Um, my encouragement is, um, in March to be intentional about courageous conversations. Ooh. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. Like if there's a conversation that you know that you've been needing to have, my encouragement to you is to, to let that happen this month. Lean into it. Lean into it. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, I'm kind of excited to follow up about that. Yeah. Girl, like, and if about your courageous conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And if you do do that, then email us and let us know. Ooh. Yeah. Oh my God. I love that. We're two therapists in therapy at gmail.com. Or you can DM us on Instagram. Um, oh my gosh, I want to like high five you on that my idea. My hands are so sweaty. That's okay, I won't judge you. I'm going to do this. Like they're like wet. <laughs> There's vulnerability for uh-huh. you when I when I when I um when I record this podcast. I I'm so anxious that my hands your palms are get sweaty. sweaty. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I really appreciate you sharing that. It's, <laughs> it's so real, and I love that encouragement. That's I'm really excited to see where that encouragement goes. Yeah, and I think people can use your steps to figure out how to do that. So, ooh, yeah, email us if you do. Have a courageous conversation. Please do. All right. Okay. Happy March, y'all. Signing off. Signing off. Hi, it's Sarah and Becca again. Thanks for listening to our podcast. You can tune in on your favorite podcast player every other Monday to hear us talk with special guests about self-acceptance, self-love, and self-growth. See you in a few weeks.